Welcome to the Sharon Fitzmaurice podcast and my guest today is Emma Murphy. Emma is an online fitness and nutrition trainer to women all over the world. She also is a radio presenter, TEDx speaker and an activist, campaigner and survivor of domestic violence. And her greatest role in life, I'm sure, is being a mammy to Xavier and Arabella, her two beautiful children. So most people will have seen Emma's video in 2015, a video that went viral for all the wrong reasons, Emma. And you're going to share with us how that gave you a voice to speak up and also to help others. So Emma, you are very, very welcome to today's show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm delighted to be on today. Thanks a million. Good, Emma. So I mentioned about your video that went viral in 2015. And if anybody has not heard of Emma or has not seen the video, um, you may see it. I'm sure it's all over because all I have to do is Google it and I see it straight away. And I remember the impact that had on me, Emma, at the time seeing it. I didn't know Emma before this. You know, I saw this beautiful and very vulnerable woman, young woman sitting at the bottom of her stairs, her young children in the background. She had a black eye and you were crying and trying to express that you were now not going to stand to be violated mentally, emotionally or physically any longer. And for me, that really resonated with me. And I think it resonated with so many people all over the world that now, and I'm sure it's even more, that that video has been viewed over 50 million times worldwide. Yeah, it's kind of insane when when I hear other people saying it. Like I, I say it all the time or in talks, I would say that, you know, it's been viewed X amount of times, but to hear other people saying it, it's, it's, it's quite surreal. But it shows just how prevalent, I suppose, domestic violence is and how how important it is to to talk about that you know if it wasn't such an important topic it wouldn't have got shared but it is because it can resonate with so many people because the statistics around the world are just so high in family-based violence yes and emma even in this day of you know and you say social media saved your life in a way because it created a new life for you and it created you it gave you a voice that you weren't going to keep silent any longer and that's one of the things about domestic violence and about sexual assaults and sexual harassments is we feel that somehow we're the ones that should hold the shame of it that you know and this is a trap that many people get caught up in so what really resonated for me was your voice shaking crying just an ordinary girl sitting on a stairs with the children running in the background and just just said no more I can't do this any longer and that's what really gripped the world I think Emma was the vulnerability but the strength that you had to do that because I know how much courage that took yeah yeah I think it was um it was it was the fact that as you said it was I was so vulnerable um it was so raw and I think it wasn't like it wasn't like it was rehearsed or anything. I just I literally just pressed record and I just posted it, yeah. you know. So I suppose people were seeing the real me at yeah. that time. Yeah. This lost girl, like completely lost, just looking for an escape, looking for help, looking for anything, looking for looking for her life to change. You know, yeah. that's all I wanted. I just I didn't want to continue on the way I was. I was so unhappy so so unhappy and outside of the home that wasn't who I was I was always growing up in school you know like a likable person I always had lots of friends I was the type of girl I excelled at everything I kind of put my hand to and I was just a really fun bubbly person but I wasn't in that relationship at all I was I wasn't even recognizable physically Mm. you know so um I so desperately wanted to get out of that, even though I was absolutely petrified. You know, being a, a single mom and to, like I had Xavier was one and a half at the time and Arabella was six months. Like, I mean, that was, that was by itself was absolutely terrifying, you know, and I had all this self-doubt of even, even being a decent mom, even was I even capable of this, you know, like would I even be able to cope? But the irony of it was I was doing it anyway on my own. You were. So in fact, it was easier. Yeah. Because you you weren't living in fear or the apprehension of what's going to happen next. 
just the constant fights. It wasn't even fear yeah. because funny enough, I didn't have a fear. Mm. You know, it was just the wishing that would change. Like, I mean, the constant arguing, the fighting, the name calling, all that stuff yeah. that was just mentally draining and it was just bringing me down all the time. Yeah. So to not have that anymore and to just have me and the kids was actually, although you're grieving the relationship, yeah. it was it was refreshing because I didn't wake up to an argument. I didn't. We weren't like I didn't have any of that anymore. No. So it was it was definitely a fight or flight um, move. Mm. But in a weird way, it was the worst thing that ever happened, but also the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, well you done, know. Emma. And I really do salute you for your courage because I know your life has changed tremendously and you're highly successful now in everything that you do and your kids are beautiful and they have a great mammy. But how was it for you? You said that out to you, you know, and I'm always saying that we can say anything to a group of strangers, you know, sometimes that's easier. How was it admitting to your friends and family that this is what you were going through for those few years? Well, they knew. They knew anyway, because I had obviously had black eyes and bruises, etc. And weight loss. And they all knew, you know, but what could they do? Like, you know, they could give you advice, you know, walk away. This is a toxic relationship. Don't stay in it. But, you know, just when you're at such a low and you've no self-worth or no self-confidence, you kind of just accept it for what it is in a weird way it sounds weird now me saying that but when you're in it you've absolutely zero self-worth and when you're told sure who's going to want you with two kids you know that's that stays with you you know or if you're told you're going to die alone like your mother Mm. you know that that stays with you though those words will never leave me so um you you do just stay until until you reach breaking point and that's what happens women and i know that now from working in domestic violence yeah. And I think a lot of people don't understand. It's not just about the punching or the kicking or, you know, the pushing. It, it's breaking you down mentally and emotionally over time. That was so much worse. So yeah. much worse. Like I always say to people, I joke about it, say I have thick skin. I grew up in Ballymun. So like mm-hmm. taking a punch is absolutely fine. You know, I'll mm-hmm. give as good as I can get. It's the mental abuse. It's the you're this, you're that, you're ugly. You know, who's going to love you? Mm-hmm. Look at the state of you. You're a shit girlfriend. It's all that kind of stuff that gets you down to cheating, to cheating, left, right and centre, constant cheating, you know, feeling like the ugliest person in the world because mm. you're asking yourself, well, why would the father of my children cheat on me so much? Like, God, I, I really must be a horrible person. Yeah. And you actually believe that mm. you really do, because you ask yourself, well, why is this person doing this to me? You know, because at that time you're so clouded by all the hurts that you know, now I can sit back and say, that was nothing about me. That was all about them. That was Mm. his issue and his insecurity. That was nothing about me. But at that time, I believed that was everything about me because I was told, yes, of course they cheat on you. Look at the state you, or, you know, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. So um, I totally understand why women stay. Yeah. And I think it's the hardest thing, you know, for any of us to know somebody Um, or love or care about somebody that is in a relationship like that Emma and you're trying to support them and you know they have to make that choice you can't pull them out of it as much as you want because sometimes they'll say no I'm staying here you know I can change like you said I can change it maybe I can change that person him or her but until they make that decision but it can be extremely dangerous for them and I think you know if anyone's listening today and listening to Emma's story and feels like you know that their partner is treating them in any shape or way like that, you know, that's putting them down, name calling, making you feel less than you are. And you're really not that happy as much and all as you pretend Mm. to the outside world. If you're waking up every morning and there's fights, like Emma said, or there's arguments, there has been a bit of pushing, maybe there hasn't been a punch in the face yet. But if you're constantly being put down, that's not a good relationship. No, that's abuse. And I, I suppose it's for women to understand, like we have the course of Control Act in now, which is fantastic. And it's helped so many women and men in domestic violence. It's it's knowing the signs and then acting on the signs early, mm. you know, acting early. And we all have this thing, this gut, this intuition. And look, as women, we're terrible. We ignore it, you know, all the time. But when it comes to your life or when it comes to your happiness, mm. we, we can't ignore that. Life is so short. I see that now 
and that's what I try to advocate and you know talk mm-hmm. to women about so it's about never ignoring those red flags acting mm-hmm. on them what was the first red flag for you um oh, it's really taking me back now mm. I suppose the lies yeah the lies yeah the the lies I think yeah. that was it and then it started from then on they could have been silly like I mean talking silly lies it could have been I say the sky is blue and mm. he'd say the sky is green like it could have been it was really small but it just just got worse building on that and I think it yeah. is yeah and that's what it, you know and I'm trying to stress that to people it doesn't have to be the huge thing it can be something that's small but it builds up over time but as Emma said if you listen to that gut instinct and something's telling you there's just this is not right this is not the way a relationship be this isn't the way someone should treat anybody yeah listen never to wrong. it no Your gut it's is never wrong yeah absolutely. we hear it all the time but it's true I'm living yeah proof of it yeah me too yeah yeah I think it's learning from it and I always say it's probably one of the biggest learning things but I'm lucky to have been able to learn the lesson and you're lucky to have learned absolutely because there's many other women and men that have not survived the lesson this is it exactly Yeah. yeah so it's really important it's not just saying as Emma said it's not just about the abuse it's overall and where it's going to lead to and we've heard so many sad stories in the course of the last number of years So we don't want anyone to be another statistic. We want everyone to learn and be aware that there is help out there and there is support. You're also a board member of Safe Ireland, Emma. Can you tell us about that? I am, yeah. I suppose since when I first came out about my story, Safe Ireland was one of the first organisations, along with Women's Aid, but Safe Ireland was one of the first organisations I had met at an event. Um, Somebody came up to me, Claire is her name, I'll never forget her, and I know her very well now, we went to college and everything together. And she just said that she would, you know, offer offered the support and help from Safe Ireland, etc. And then as the time went on, I just got really close to them, met the CEO, and they invited me to speak at their summit. And the next time they asked me to MC at the summit and so on. So I just built a really good relationship with them. And then a year and a half ago, I was asked then to be a board member. And sure, that was just a, an absolute dream come true. I just, mm. I couldn't believe it. I was emotional. I was crying. And I was mm. just so proud, you know, to see a young board member yeah. um, and influential. That's what they, you know, that's what yeah. they saw in me. Somebody who was influential to, to be on the board and bring young and bright and vibrant ideas. So, yeah, I'm really, really honoured to, to be sitting on that board. Brilliant. What are the changes you have seen since your video in 2015 to present day 2021? Well, we've seen so many women come forward with their stories on social media and, you know, reaching out to organisations, talking about it. You know, you could talk about domestic violence now normally without getting a weird look. You know, the stigma is still there. Don't get me wrong, but it's definitely helping Mm -hmm. and it's going. And then the Coercive Control Act, you know, to, to see that was was incredible. Just to hear Hosier coming out, singing about domestic violence, all these other artists, like, it's just, it's changed so much. To see all the adverts on the TV, mm-hmm. it's incredible. But on the same time, it's not enough. We need more. Yeah. And I think you know? that's the case for many things that are still stigmatised, you know, that we need more people to speak out and I think that's why I still look at you and I think you're amazing Emma for you know sitting on your stairs and having the courage to do that and how it has changed people's lives you know and I I always say that to people one little thing you do could mean the whole world to somebody else yeah yeah absolutely yeah and I think your honesty and trust in even safe Ireland and then them coming back and saying you know here we are we want you to be on the board we want you to be influential to help other women that have already know your face you're you're constantly giving back what you got in support from them as well which is amazing Emma that's the best thing as corny or as cliche as it sounds like helping others definitely does help you and it definitely helped me along my journey it still does you know when when people reach out and I can offer them advice you know, on a personal level, but also on a professional level, because I work in the industry as well. It's it's yeah. it's, it's like self therapy, yeah. and just 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 to mention on that, I I you know it's I feel so empowered, and when I see women come forward with their stories, but what we really need in Ireland is a national level change. We need government change, and 
this is what we need and this is what organizations domestic violence organizations are fighting for in ireland is to have a designated minister to work on this topic to work solely on domestic violence that's what's going to need that's what's needed in ireland and that's when we will see some serious changes in this country because at the moment we don't have that and we've seen it in other countries they have that and it's incredible yeah. So that's that's what we need in Ireland, and I, I hope to see see that changing in the next couple of years. What because can we the numbers do? aren't going down. What can we do as individuals to it's create? To keep talking change. about it. Yeah. Keep campaigning. Keep talking about it. Keep talking about it on social media. Getting involved with any local or you know events that you see happening. It's just keep getting the word out there and keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, this is happening. One in three, one in four women. Yeah. So we all know four people to know yeah. that one person within those four people is living in abuse. Mm. Same with all the ministers, judges, police officers in this country. They all know four people and one in those four is being abused. So why don't we have a designated minister for it? Yeah, you know, it's important. Thank you, Emma. So you are an advocate and I think it was amazing. I also saw your TEDx talk. And yeah, and it, again, it's like you, when I saw you standing there on the stage of your TEDx talk, and I just thought how empowered, I knew you were nervous, of course you are when you're going yeah. to talk, and you were nervous, but you were get, putting the message out. And I just thought about from the lady sitting on the stairs, crying with her black eye, to the lady standing on the TEDx talk. Yeah, it's kind of, again, it is surreal, like people always say to me, you know, you did this, you did that. That's amazing. I'm, I, I always brush it off. Always. It's what it's just it's just who I am. I do, I'm kind of like that with everything. But it's only when I hear you, like you're just mm. saying it there that it resonates. It kind of reminds me. And I'm like, again, that was a dream come true. Like it's to be a public speaker and to speak on that stage was was an actual dream. Like I, I it was insane. I remember coming back and just crying and crying and crying for days. But happy tears. I was so emotional, but in a good way to to have had that space to share my message with the world. Yeah. It was just, I know I've done it on my stairs, but to do it in a different way, to show people that I got through this and so you, so can you, yeah. was just um, very, very overwhelming, I have to say. Mm. Now, when I sit back and think about it, even now, I feel, I do feel a little bit emotional because um, it's, I think, yeah, it was an incredible thing to do, but life goes on and you get so busy and you're a mom and you, you don't really have much time to sit back and think about it. No. You know, so yeah, it's quite surreal. But it sh- I hope it showed people that it doesn't have to end. It, for me, for yeah, that's what it was. Just as you said there, it was that young woman on the stairs, very vulnerable, you know, and not knowing what the future was going to hold. And yeah. here then on the stage as a TEDx speaker, and I'm going, oh, my God, I hope everybody sees one and then the other. Yeah. See yeah. That you can survive, that you can thrive, that you can go on to do amazing things if you find your voice and the power of your voice, Emma. And that's what you did. That's exactly what I felt. I just felt like one and the other. It was like the same person. But here you are on the stage and it was like the real you was shining yeah. through. And like then and now. Yes, absolutely amazing. But you went on to speak in The Hague in Netherlands and you went on to speak at many places. How was that whirlwind oh, for you? It, oh, it was just, it was a whirlwind. You know, the biggest one was when I got a phone call to speak in Australia. I was like, wow. And I was just, my uncle lives over there and my mom has passed. And when my mom died, you know, I my I needed I was like I need to go and see my uncle I need to go and see my uncle but I had the kids and I was like how am I ever going to get there you know I just wanted to be so close to my mom and her and her brother were so close that I really wanted to go and I just kept manifesting it I literally just kept manifesting saying I'm going to see him I'm going to get to Australia and I got the phone call one day to ask to go and speak in Australia and I was in Canberra which is where my uncle lives wow it was just I could I couldn't believe it I was like whoa whoa synchronicity yeah yeah Yeah. and just was meant to be and then he was there watching you know he was there with me watching my talk over there and it was just absolutely incredible I'll just never ever forget that I'm so grateful to have got that opportunity to go there and 
meet so many incredible people and make so many connections in terms of domestic violence and you know powerful women around the world and then obviously to, to see my uncle again was just uh, wow. I can't even put into words what that what that was for me wow amazing amazing you know and that <laughs> even makes it more powerful you know you're sitting on the stairs thinking this video who'll see it a few people <laughs> One or two. yeah and then it goes everywhere in the world then you're getting phone calls to come and speak all over the world yeah that is just phenomenal Emma absolutely thank you well yeah, done to you to say. yeah and Happy. I think even that will give people a push you know to say that telling your story opens doors of opportunities for you you have to go through the hard stuff you have to go through the truth you have to go through the justice system all of that you have to go through the personal issues of facing your own stuff and as you said your own therapy and being able to have support and of course being a mammy to your two children how are your two beautiful children now oh they're great they're absolutely brilliant they're downstairs so i'm hoping they don't start screaming at uh, what are they do they'll be all right <laughs> but no they're great look i'd be lost without them you know we're a trio and they're like my little best buddies they're hard work at times obviously yeah. but no, they're great. They're at a really good age. You know, she's six and he's seven, nearly seven and eight this year. And mm. they're great. They're playing their gas. She's doing her gymnastics. They're they're great kids. We lost it out. Well done. Well done. I'm sure they're very proud of their mammy. Or you're just probably mammy to them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? They're great. Like in terms of they get involved with me. They understand that I have to go to work. Like they're just for little kids. They're very understanding. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm very lucky with them. Uh, I have to say um, it's been challenging don't get me wrong it's, it's definitely been challenging along the way and it still is and I'm sure it will definitely continue to be at times but they are very understanding you know they know mommy has to work and I'm obviously single mom so they know they can't get their own way all the time or they can't get everything that they ask for stuff like that and they understand they get it for kids yeah. you know they're great yeah but I think you'll ground them in that foundation that it is hard work and it does take hard work and determination but that your dreams can come true Emma I think you'll really Absolutely. teach your children that so yeah. as we move on to that after all of that whirlwind and you decided then that you wanted to help more people so you be you went and studied to be a PT and fitness instructor yeah I suppose that came from I I was very skinny in that relationship. I lost a serious amount of weight. Like I was six stone and I'm only five two. So you can imagine wow. I was like a skeleton walking around and I had a mom or I had I had babies and I was breastfeeding and mm. life was just mental. And I knew I knew I needed to look after myself again. It had been so long. And I decided to just, you know, go back to the gym, start kind of building myself up. And working out so that I build up an appetite to eat again, stuff like that. And that's what I did. And it just really helped me Men mentality, mental health wise. It helped me so much. I would drop my kids to crash and I would go to the gym every single day. And I just felt like I could cope better. Mm. You know, I could manage life better. And I wanted to share that message with women. You know, it, it wasn't about the weight side of it because I was trying to gain weight. It was more about incorporate fitness into your life because you can manage it so much better and you can, you can deal with stress so much better. And that's yeah. the message I give off to my clients right now, like is that mm. use this workout as a stress reliever. Yeah, mm. you may not want to do it, but how are you going to feel once you get it done? Mm. And there's not one out of all my clients, there's hundreds. They're not going to tell me, oh, I don't feel good after that workout. Yeah. They always say, I am so glad I did that workout. Yeah, well done. And you're helping people all over the world and you're doing it online. So I know from you had me on a guest on your radio show and you were doing the mom squad. I love even the name of it, the yeah. mom squad. I know. I love it. I, love I think it it's too. brilliant. Yeah. It. it kind of like the A team. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Join our squad. Yeah. yeah. It's lovely. So the mom squad, you're doing that online. And I know you do other things, 30 day fat blaster, six week transformation. You can tell us a little bit about them as well. And you also have a... Um, what is it a book as well don't you a nutrition book with recipes and everything online as well Emma 
yeah it's just it's an ebook there it's a it's yeah. a free download for anybody who wants it they can download it for free or drop me an email and i send it to them so yeah just um something to give back something for free you know some that's people lovely. struggle with nutrition or yeah just healthy habits that's what it's about you know it's not about yeah. diet it's about just making healthier food choices yeah so tell me about the mom squad then tell so the mom squad yes. it's it's such a fun environment so we've got i think there's over 200 in the group now and the mom squad i wanted to create something that was affordable for women um my niche is mommies obviously and i wanted to whether you're in a relationship or married or single or ever I know having that extra expense, like a gym membership, whatever, every month or every year is quite a lot, having it as a couple of hundred. So I wanted to make this quite uh, reasonable for women. So I start $19.99 a month and I also run offers every now and again because I wanted to create it so that women could do it long term rather than dip in and out because I want them to get the overall effect. And I, I, I'm blessed. The women are they're they're there since September which which was when it launched and they're having so much fun we work out three times a week they get three workouts sent directly to their email for like 15 minutes long high intensity and then once it's done it's done and then we have our mom squad group which is our Facebook group and it is just it's great it's very um uplifting it's not like a Facebook group where I put up transformation pics or anything like that it's just about if someone's having a bad day, they'll put in, oh, I'm having a really bad day. And then they've got the support of 200 women. Mm. I don't even have to do anything. It's yeah. like 200 women saying, I'm having a bad day too, but let's work through this or let's get through it. And mm. then if I see that someone's having a bad day, I may reach out or mm. I may put up a motivational video and stuff. So mm. yeah, it's uh, it's really rewarding. It's great. And then I, I do lives with them as well. So I might do abs blasts a couple of times a week and you know different glute exercises yeah. and stuff like that so we have great crack yeah you're brilliant and I have seen on your Instagram posts as well about some of your ladies that are doing your mom squad and they take the pictures yeah. at the start and how they're looking a few weeks afterwards and how they can't believe the transformation and it's physically there to see which is really good because again it's a visual it's very powerful for someone that's thinking about it and I like the fact that you know it's affordable because that's the thing that stops a lot of people going anywhere or doing things because they just don't have the money so if we can make everything affordable a lot more people will join things and again I love the fact of the group because it's a support and it's not just you know we're all fit and fabulous like models already we're just coming in ordinary people just wanting to connect with like-minded people get fit and have fun and do it at in the comfort of their own home you know yeah. like there's a lot of women who don't feel comfortable going to a gym and I was that person for years mm-hmm. you know I wouldn't have the confidence to go into a gym and mm-hmm. so many women are like that and as well if they're post baby if they just had a baby six months ago you're not going to get a childminder just to go to the gym where the mm-hmm. mom squad you know they can be sitting in their high chair and you can do your 15 minute workout yeah well the tv is on with the workout so I mean I just tried to get into the head of a mom and it was very easy because I lived it I, mm. I am a mom and I am living it so and I remember what it was like when my kids were young like really young sure I couldn't go to the gym you know and that was can't even go to the toilet no exactly <laughs> oh Janie I know even now mine are seven <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah I just wanted to make it as easy and accessible but also effective for women you know, for moms, why should they suffer? Why should they be missing out on this? Yeah. Oh, I think you're so, so right. I wish you were around when mine were small and mine yeah. are now 21 and 19. <laughs> so, hello. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really good. And like that, I'm not one for the gym either. I remember going with a friend of mine years ago, Emma, Arisha, will you stop? We had to clue. We'd, <laughs> we were trying to get on the machines and we didn't know how long or what we were supposed to be doing. It was, it was, it was like only people that were really sporty went to the gym yeah like those gym people as they call yeah. them it wasn't yeah. mammies you know or country girls or anything like that so we felt that's so intimidating oh my god we felt so out of place we were watching these people walking around and nobody was talking to anybody else and we just felt like oh my god what did we do so straight away we just felt we're in the wrong place yeah, And it wasn't like now where there was encouragement or saying, just try, someone will be there and they'll meet you and show you around and whatever. We hadn't a clue. So we just left and we never went back again. Oh, you see, and that's, that happened so many women yeah. and they would have paid for their membership. 
Yeah. So I suppose that's why my clients, they like the mom squad or they love my the style of training because they feel like I'm there with them in the sitting room because I do the full workout with them. So I'm sweating. I'm screaming. Yes. I'm shouting. I'm like, come on, girls, you can do it. So that they have the motivation. They have the encouragement and they have, they're comfortable because mm-hmm. I, I'm not looking at them doing it yeah you know what I mean I like that yeah I like that idea yeah Yeah. so that it appeals to so many Mm. and especially if they've got their little kids in the house and stuff you know yeah so um yeah I love it I have to say I really love it it gives me purpose it gives me a reason and it helps me with my fitness you know yeah I have to do the workouts I do three workouts three mom squad workouts a week and then I've got my um six week transformation so I do four of them so I'm constantly doing workouts but it's great because once they're done, they're done. They're short, but they're effective. Yeah, yeah. And I like that because it can people can slot it in, as you said, they're 15 minute workouts, high intensity, but people can fit them in anytime during the day. Absolutely. Like there's no excuses. Like if somebody yeah. was to say to me, oh, I didn't have time. I'm like, I'll oh, stop. Come on. Yeah, Come 15 on. minutes. Say that. <laughs> exactly. So there's no excuses, girls. Yeah, very good. I like that. I think that will appeal to a lot more people, Emma, you know, and especially yeah. moms that are at home or even dads that are at home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, the- a lot of it's a lot of women that come on board. Their husbands will be doing it with them as well because they're at home. Some the TV yeah. is on. Yeah. It's a bit it. of crack around the household as well. Yeah, lovely. I love that. And energy, you know, and again, and a place for them to feel safe. I love that. That's really good. And it's, it's about, I try to empower women to do something for themselves. It's like we do so much for others. You know, we cook, we clean, we go to work, you know, we look after everybody else. And I'm kind of like, well, what do you do for you? So take out these 15 or 20 minutes and invest in yourself by giving yourself that time to look after you and your health yeah. and your mental health and stuff you know yeah I'm sure you've had feedback from many clients that it's not just about the physical change or transformation it's about as you said the mental and emotional and again it's the pride I think in people taking themselves it's not as again it's physical we want to all look good and feel good mm-hmm. but that they know they deserve something better it's so much more than that it's so yeah. much more yeah it's it's definitely a lifestyle change. Like I, I see some of my clients literally changing their lives and it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Like it's the, you know, some of them have brought me to tears with their stories. Mm. Yeah. Like they really have. And you become close, you become really close to them. And you, even though you, it's all true online, you know yourself, Sharon, I'm sure yeah. you do become really close. You build a yeah. bond and a connection, especially mm-hmm. when someone's opened up to you and they're telling you their story, like, you know, you all, it's amazing to be part of this journey with them. Like mm. I do the easy part. I just train them. You know, it's 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 easy for me, but they're the ones that's at home and really, really putting in the hard work, you know. So they I always say to them, they should be so proud of themselves in every workout. I, I have a little two minute kind of try to encourage them and stuff. And I'm always telling them how proud of them I am, like, you know, for getting through the workout because it's not an easy thing to do. No. And it's just to start. And I think that's what it is for a lot of people, just to start. And I say to people, just try, you know, just try for this month. Just try and see how you get on. But usually when they try and they take that, I say it's one little step. Take that first step, you know, and look it up. That's the first step. Looking it up. Look up Emma Murphy and look up the mom squad. Look into it. Contact Emma if you have any questions before you want to book and just say, okay, let me try it for a month absolutely like people aren't obligated to stay you know people can leave it whenever they want it's not like a contract or anything like that yeah um so yeah people don't feel obligated to to stay in it if they want to leave they can leave it you know but it's about like anything in life starting making that first step is always the hardest part but once you do it you do it once you're in you're in you have fun you love it why would we stop doing something we love oh absolutely and I think you're really doing that because it shows in you and what I loved seeing, Emma, and you're like a model when we have your photograph on the video and um, the intro video when we put it up for this podcast in your beautiful clothing range that you have. Um, yeah, it's gorgeous. Where did this come from? Well, I know you probably always wanted to do it, but where yeah. did you just say this is it? I'm going to go forward with it. Do you know what? COVID has taught me a lot it really has about myself and I just feel like I've got my mojo back if that you know as silly as that sounds I just feel like 
what is the point in holding back? Life is like, there's so much that we can do. We can do anything we want in life. And the way I looked at it was like, Emmy, you've always wanted to do this. Like I'm trying to create a nice lifestyle for me and the kids. You know, it's always going to be a challenge because I'm one person and one income. So I have to try different things and I have to put myself out there. And I had this creative side and I knew I wanted to do it. And I just believed in myself. I just said, I'm putting all the negative thoughts away and I'm just going to go for it. And I'm so happy that I did. So yeah. happy. I have no regrets. It's it's amazing to see the models with um, all my clothes on, like, you know. And I saw a post, I don't know, was it on Facebook or Instagram? I think it was on Instagram. You were in a shop one day and you saw somebody coming in with the hoodie, one of your hoodies. <sighs> that was the best thing ever. I almost wanted to give her a hug. I yeah. was like, ah, but I got a selfie instead. It was just, just yeah. as good. Did you feel so proud? So proud. I was nearly in tears. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah, I really was. I couldn't believe it. I was so happy. And it actually turned out it was a teacher from my old school. So we oh. had a great chat about, oh my God. Like, you know, this it was you. great. Look how far you've come and all. Of, and I think that's what it is for me. I feel like a proud onlooker, a spectator, you know, but I know um, because I've connected with you before. So seeing you progress and seeing the things you've done over the years and see from the video, as I said, that would be my first time seeing you and then seeing you progress over the years. And then with your clothing range and just I'm going, wow, you know, you are amazing. There's no end to your talents. As you said, you have so much creativity. What would you like to um, create next, Emma? Um, I would love to grow the business. I would really love to grow the business to a really good point where I could possibly pay people to do certain things so that I could have more time at home and enjoy the kids. Yeah. That's one thing that really upsets me is that I work so much that I struggle to enjoy the time that I have with the kids because I'm so tired. Mm. So I, my goal and my mission is to get to a point that I can hire people to do certain things mm -hmm. so that I can actually be a mom and a fun mom and yeah. you know do all the incredible things that every mother should be doing you know like mm. I most of my weekends are taken up from working in the refuge mm. so I definitely I am definitely on the road to I suppose making changes hopefully in the next couple of years so that I can enjoy that I can enjoy the kids and mm. be there for them especially as they're getting older so that's a huge goal of mine yeah. And I'll get there. I know. I, yeah, I bet you will. But I know that's <laughs> probably one of the things for a lot of mammies and parents is when their kids are younger in particular and they could be working. You're quite blessed in a way because this is your business. It's your life. So you can direct it in the way you want to, even though you do feel like you're restricted at times because, you know, the kids and being a single parent. But I always say to people, when your kids are young, we all feel that way, whether it's your own business or you're working for somebody else because they are only young friends they do demand so much of your time and attention and especially if you're a single mom trying to do it on your own you feel like you're always as you said Emma working and unfortunately mm -hmm. I can't say there's a way in or out of that your kids get a bit bigger they get a bit more independent they don't need you as much and maybe not to have as much guilt about it but that in time to come, you yeah. stuck with your vision. You didn't give up on yourself. You didn't give up on saying, I want to have a better lifestyle for myself and my children. It's finding a balance in that creativity, I think, for you, isn't it really? That's it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I look forward to that day when yeah. I can say, yeah, I finally got balance now. And then should the kids won't want me, they'd be like, get away, go to yeah. work. Yeah, oh, that's it. I know they'd be coming back looking for hoodies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, true, true. They'll be paying for them though. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So again, and the um, it's hashtag fish with me, isn't that what your brand is? Yeah, so on the website, it's fit with me apparel. And on Instagram, it's just fit with me apparel. Very good. So I yeah. ask everyone to check it out. Beautiful colours, lovely lines. Yeah. I just love them. Right. Yeah, I bright. was very conscious about that. I was like, you know, I wanted it to be bright because I believe color is a big is an important part of our mood. Yeah. And when I was launching it, I was like, you know what? Even with the hoodies, the limited edition ones, I was like, they're going to be blue, aqua, you know, bright pink, really mm. bright colors. And people, that's what people want. They loved it. They're like, oh my god, the colors are amazing. So yeah. people were drawn to the colors because initially they just started off with monochrome. They were black yeah. and yeah. white. And I couldn't believe the demand. And then I thought, well, let me see what other colors I can get made. And then I looked at them and I was like, you know what, just take a risk and do it. And 
great. I love it. There you go. Yeah, they're beautiful. And you are so right. Color has a huge impact on our mood. And I'm always saying that to people. If you feel a little bit, uh, you know, slack in your day, change what you're wearing, change the color, even if, you know, I'd say, Get a right pair of red knickers, change your socks, yeah, whatever it is. This is it. Yeah, change. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. If we're in, don't get me wrong, some people love black and I'm a, I am a black person myself. Yeah. I, I wear black a lot. But you're right. If you're not feeling great about yourself, stick on something bright, your favorite yeah. color. And it will yeah. guarantee you to make you feel a bit better. Absolutely. Even just looking at the color makes you feel, because that's the way I felt when I was looking at your stuff, when you brought it out first, I was like, oh my God, it's so colorful. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And people notice it. Yeah, you know, they notice it straight away. It's just lovely. I loved it all now. So, Emma, you talked a bit there as well. You said, you know, when you're being a mom and everything, but you're working in the Women's Refuge Centre. Can you tell people, because you're not going to believe this, but there are many people that don't even know or they're not even aware that there's such a thing as a Women's Refuge Centre. I know it's pretty insane, isn't it? Especially like the older generation and stuff, they wouldn't really be aware. But we have so many refuges in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I will say we do need more, but we do have a lot of refuges in Ireland. Um, uh, if you go onto the Women's Aid or Safe Ireland website, you will get the list of refuges that's that's around. And, you know, most counties will have a women's refuge or will be within the radius you know so women's refuge is basically a place where women and children come when they're fleeing domestic violence or they're fleeing abuse from it can be from their partner it can be from their parents it can be from their children so yeah it's a it's a safe haven and we take women and families in and we support them emotionally support them and support them with whatever needs they may have and then work with them through their abuse that they would have endured and helped them with protection orders, court orders and stuff like that. Do many women, and I know this is a really hard question because I'm asking it because I know myself, do many people go back to their abusers? Oh, yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot do. But what I think and how I think is, and when a woman goes and don't get me wrong, you know, a woman could be in with us for eight weeks, could be longer, could be a couple of months. And when they, if they do return home and, you know, there's, there's been tears, you know, sometimes you get really attached, especially to the kids mm-hmm. and there's tears and it's devastating that they're going home. But on the positive side, they know where we are. Yeah. You know, they know where we are and our door is always open. They can come back anytime. Mm-hmm. So that's a positive yeah. that they know where we are this time. Yeah. And I think really as well, you know, many people and again, I'm just from people's comments and they'd say, why would anyone go back? That's a sorry. Oh, oh, so, that's sorry one of, that's... so we apologize for that. As we said, with kids and dogs in houses, there's always going to be a little bit of something going on, but that's life. And as I said, nothing is perfect and we're not going to pretend it is ever. So I was just asking Emma there about the people that do and sometimes go back to their abusers and how other people say, well, it's their own fault. Then, you know, if they put themselves in that situation and people can be quite crass about it, you know, but sometimes there is a fear, you know, that they're going to end up living in a refuge for the rest of their lives, or they may not get a home or they won't be able to survive with their kids, their kids, their fear of their kids being taken off them. And where are they going to go in their life? There's a huge amount of fear and again, of the unknown, because it wasn't the life that they planned for themselves when they met their partner or got married. But as Emma said, many of those women that do return to their abusers, I think will eventually leave. They might have to do it two or three times, Emma, to finally say no but I think we all need to support women that do that instead of giving out about them and saying well why would you bother returning we need to support them because it's not an easy thing to do just just look for example for young people and it's happening quite a lot right now where they're in a relationship and the boy or girl may not be um, physically violent but they're putting each other down they're making they're being quite obsessive in the relationship And there's, you know, lots of texts and calls about where are you, who are you with, you know, these trust issues. That's starting. That's where it starts from a young age. So and it's like the girl or a boy keep going back to the same partner the whole time. And it's oh well, they're young and they think they're in love. This is where this behavior starts 
So this is where it is for me that we have to start educating, like Emma is talking about, it's educating the younger generation to know that this is not good. This is not something that you deserve. This is not something that is really a good relationship. It's not a partnership. It's not equal. Nobody puts anybody down. It doesn't matter who they are in your life. So that's where I would like to start with young people so that young yeah. men and women growing up know that none of this is acceptable. That's it. It definitely needs to start from, from a young level. Like I've spoken many schools and that's where it needs to start is in, is in the schools. Yeah. You know, talk to the children. A lot of kids are going home to an abusive home and mm-hmm. then they grow up with this learned behavior. So an intervention is what's needed. Yeah. You know, um, now there is a lot like our service would do. We do go to schools and stuff, obviously pre-COVID and we do give out that information. But I suppose it, it needs more funding in order to, to be able to enable that, you know, for, again, from the government government level, it, it needs to be introduced mm-hmm. into schools, all schools. Yes, absolutely. across the board. So I think, again, as individuals, as Emma has said, what we can all do is keep raising the issue, keep talking about it and that we can. That we can all raise the issues to our um, local government representative, as Emma said, and maybe ask our local councillors, politicians, you know, what can they do to help raise the issue in our communities, in our towns, in our cities? And that, you know, for we have Women's Aid and COPE and we've all of these places in the city, but there's a lot of the places down the country where there isn't that support. And believe it or not, if you are going through an abusive relationship to try and get into town to find someone to help you, it's not always possible. No, definitely not. And, you know, you think of really, really rural areas where they may not even, some people still don't have mobile phones, you know, and it's um or the internet some people don't have the internet you know certain generations don't have the internet so it's just about making it accessible for Mm -hmm. everybody in our community yeah and i think highlighting it on television you know on our local irish channels and you know that this is something that it is it's always there it's always available you know like self-help or numbers you know that you can ring 24-hour lines and i remember talking at um we Rape Crisis Centre talk a few years ago and I remember saying to them there was nothing on the side of buses years ago yeah there was nothing yeah. anywhere it was all that was so stigmatized you know nobody talked about anything whereas now their numbers are everywhere you know yeah. and uh, there I'm doing a walk this month for them as well you know it's Camino of Body and Mind Oh, brilliant. Yeah, so they're doing something positive, but they're keeping that this is for Galway Rape Crisis Centre. This is the service they offer. These are the people they are helping. So it's the whole time raising awareness because believe it or not, even on social media, people don't want to press like on a post when it's got to do with rape or abuse. Yes, I know the stigma. Isn't it? It's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or they don't want to be associated with it in case anyone will think that they're a victim of some sort. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And one thing I love is um, seeing the students now, like college students. I've had so many college students reach out to me and ask me, you know, to share my story because they're doing a piece on domestic violence. I think that's incredible. You know, the younger generation nowadays are interested in this topic because they're innovative. They want to make change. And I suppose we've got so many feminists now and it's coming from an even younger age, which is incredible. Yeah. You know, obviously the Me Too movement and like lots of other movements around the world has helped all that. Mm. But I love that. It's it's great to see yeah. because they're the voices of change. It's the young people like I'm getting old now. It's those people that's in college. It's literally it is, though. It's the 18 yeah. year olds. It's the 17, 18, 19 year olds. They're the people that can shape change in our country for our next generation, say for my kids growing up. You know, they, they'll be living a different world than what we're living right now. Oh, I so hope it's, so. It's definitely the younger generation hold the key to change in this country. I've said it from day one. Yeah. And I think people don't give them enough credit. You know, yeah. they, talk, they only talk about young people when it's something going wrong. But Bad. yeah, I have seen the amazing things that young people have done and that are doing as well. And I think absolutely you're so right, Emma, they are going to create the change, but we need to give them the information so they can create yeah. that change because they may not have experienced these things in their own lives yet, but listening to your story and many other stories, but those stories are not available unless people like you speak up, Emma. Yeah. And yeah. thank you 
for having the courage to be able to share your story on your step of your stairs all those years ago and not knowing what would happen after that, but that you knew what you didn't want any longer. And look what happened. It just led you on this beautiful journey of awareness, of healing, of transformation, empowering yourself, empowering other people all over the world. You know, you got to go places that you only imagined. And there you are standing on the stage as this beautiful, strong woman, Emma. Bravo. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me on, Sharon. It's great. And I'm delighted that you wanted to cover this topic. And hopefully your listeners will will take something from it too. So thank you so much. It means the world. It really does. No, absolutely. Um, As I said, there's many topics that I want to cover that a lot of people don't want to listen to. But I know Mm -hmm. the right people will hear this story. And hopefully... A better woman. Yeah. And hopefully it will help somebody out there that is on the edge and is really struggling and that we'll be able to give them the courage with your story today, Emma, of creating that change in their lives, that it is possible and that it will be okay. It really will be okay. So thank you to Emma Murphy, everybody. You can check out Emma's website, www.emmamurphyfitness.com on Instagram, Emma underscore Murphy underscore fitness, and also on Facebook, Emma Murphy fitness global. And you can check out her beautiful Fit With Me apparel and gorgeous hoodies and leggings and crop tops, absolutely beautiful colors. Get one for yourself and your friends and your family and check out um, Emma's beautiful programs, her six weeks transformation and the mom squad for all you moms out there and your 30 day fat blaster. And also check out your Emma's TED talk. It's very powerful. So if you want to go and see the one of her sitting on the stairs, you've never seen it, just Google it. Emma Murphy on the stairs. <laughs> and, then, and then Emma Murphy on the stage. <laughs> Thanks so much, Sharon. Thanks Thank million. you, Emma, for your time as well. And wishing you every success in everything you do for the future. You're amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Emma. Thank you, everyone. Stay well and I'll chat to you soon.